Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans? It's your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Wednesday, November 11th. Happy Remembrance Day, and also... Happy birthday to my mother, who is celebrating her 70th today. Unfortunately, due to COVID, we can't be there. But wishing her all the best and hope to be able to visit in person again soon. Chances are you've come to the podcast via Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Pocket Casts, whatever podcast app you use. Please do hit that subscribe button. Each new episode will be automatically added to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. If you could also leave a rating and a review, especially for you Apple users, that would be very much appreciated. If you're on Twitter, you can find the show at LO underscore Boston Bruins. I'm on there as well, at ENC McLaren. The same handle for Instagram, for myself, for the podcast, it's at LockedOnBostonBruins. In today's episode, we're going to do a mailbag, as we usually do here on Wednesdays. It's got a bit of a 90s theme to it because of the reverse retro jersey announcement that was dropped by the NHL yesterday in the form of some Adidas hockey tweets. Now, each team will be getting their own version of a reverse retro through Adidas, and they'll all be based on different eras in each team's history for the Bruins we know that is going to be 1990 and if you saw Pete Blackburn's mock-up or not his mock-up but one that he shared the other day on Twitter you'll see that it's uh, gold-based with black stripes and it will feature the 1990s logo as well as the yellow Bruin on the shoulder patch affectionately known as meth bear the last time the Bruins wore Gold-based jerseys was back at the 2010 Winter Classic, which looking back at that logo, not great. It's the only Winter Classic that I do not have a toque from, uh, coincidentally. Um, And, of course, as recently as last season, they had a very cool alternate jersey, which uh, was black base with uh, just a plain B on it, which I actually really loved. The Bruins traditionally have worn gold-based jerseys quite a bit in the past. That was back in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. Most recently, from 1995 to 2006, they had the... Wow, it was really that long, eh? They had the Pooh Bear jersey, which was gold-based with the jagged uh, edgings and also the Pooh Bear logo, Brown Bruin, uh, featured prominently on the chest. Now, my favorite... Bruins jerseys were from the 80s and early 90s, 1981 to 1985 to be exact. And it's from this era that the Bruins are taking the new alternate jersey. The uh, old home logo, which back then was the white jerseys, as well as the uh, shoulder patch, which is the yellow Bruin. Now, I put out a call for mailbag questions, uh, which were to be 90s themed, ideally, and uh, we got a few. 
a lot of them from uh, my friend Mayor at Mayor Out Loud. And I'll grab one here before we talk about today's sponsor. Her first question is, if you could add five players from the 90s Bruins to the current roster, who would they be and who would you be replacing? Now, for those of you who don't know my Bruins origin story, my dad was a Bobby Orr fan. He passed down his love for the Bruins to me, and I became particularly enamored with the 1990 team because they played in the Stanley Cup Finals against the Edmonton Oilers, and my sister was a huge fan of the Oilers, so I really dug in just uh, (laughs) to kind of uh, annoy her, basically. So right off the top, I'd be adding Cam Neely, Ray Bork to the current team. Obviously, they were my two hockey heroes as a kid. Cam Neely was my favorite player, remains my favorite all-time player. I loved his style. I loved his ability to score as well as crash and bang. And he's, you know, the typical power forward that teams even today still uh, prioritize. Uh, There were shades of Neely in Milan Lucic, uh, but there was only one Cam Neely. And it's uh, super sad that his career was cut short, but his uh, run of 50 goals in an injury plague season is the highlight of my young hockey uh, watching career. Now, Ray Bork. Okay, so who would I replace? Well, you're not going to replace David Pasternak. I would love to see David Krejci with Cam Neely on his wing. So, you know, the Bruins always in need of top six forwards. And I would put Cam Neely on the current second line along with... um, David Krejci, left winger to be named here in a moment. Ray Bork, well, you know, Tori Krug just left. Ray Bork was a formidable left-hand shot defenseman for the Boston Bruins. A real shame that he was not able to win a Stanley Cup with this team. Uh, He did get it, of course, in Colorado. I'd love to see him in his prime come back to the Bruins and get another crack at it. Now, who else would I add to the team? I'd love to bring in either Adam Oates, Craig Janney, or Joe Juno, but you know, those guys are centers and the Bruins are pretty well set at center right now with Bergeron, Krejci, and Charlie Coyle. So maybe we will look elsewhere. You know, the Bruins do need some help left-hand defense. Maybe uh, our general manager can step back into the lineup. Don Sweeney, of course, was left-hand shot for the Boston Bruins back in the day. Not quite on the level of a Ray Bork, but he still had uh, some pretty wicked hands, a decent shot, and uh, quite successful for me playing uh, NHL 94 back in the day. I could always count on him to pop in uh, a goal or two in a pinch. Honestly, if I'm picking a, another defenseman, it would probably be Glenn Wesley. Another left-hand shot who played very well for the Bruins back in the day. Uh, You know, solid, dependable defenseman. Drafted third overall in 1987. And uh, good in his own end as well as in the offensive end. We could really use him right now. You put Bork and Wesley with Grizzlick on the third pair. You have probably the best uh, left side in the NHL at the moment. Just looking through the stats. Adam Oates with 112 points in 77 games for the Bruins in 1993-94. Excellent. But right now, we're going Cam Neely, 
Ray Bork, Glenn Wesley from the early 2000s. Would you take Oates over Krejci? Probably take Oates over Charlie Coyle at the moment. So why not throw him in? But, you know, later in the 90s, we had some really great young guys. Oh, man. Man, there are really some really great players that I loved in, in the 90s. Sean McEachern, Joseph Stumple, Ted Donato, father of Ryan. You had Steve Hines. Oh, man. Don Sweeney, Rick Tockett, Kevin Stevens, Kyle McLaren. No relation. I really did like this team back in the day. Marius Tchaikovsky. Then Jason Allison came on the team. Dmitry Vartonov. But it's really in, uh, you know, 1997 when two guys popped on the scene who I would take still on my team any day, and that would be Sergei Samsonov. Imagine Samsonov on the left side with Krejci and Cam Neely on the right. How amazing would that be? And then, of course, I would still bring Joe Thornton back on my team any day. Uh, Didn't have the greatest start with the Bruins in the late 90s, but certainly came on in the early 2000s. He's now with the Toronto Maple Leafs, which is a disgrace. I would bring him back in a heartbeat. So if I'm picking five players, it would certainly be Cam Neely, Ray Bork, probably Adam Oates as well, and then bring in Sergey Samsonov and Joe Thornton from the later teams. I'd bump off. Well, there's plenty of openings on the left side. So bump off Zborl and Vakaninen and have Bork, Wesley, and Grizzlick. Uh, you know, bump down Chris Wagner and put Cam Neely on the right side with Kasha and Smith. Woo! Um, bump. Uh, DeBrusque down, put Samsonov on the left side, and then have um, Joe Thornton, sure, fourth-line center. You, can you imagine Bergeron, Krejci, Oates, and Thornton down the middle? That would be insane. Anyways, great question from Mayor. She's got a couple more coming up, but before I get to that, let me talk for a moment about Built Go. It's an amazing new product from the makers of Built Bar. It is an energy boost to get you through that mental or physical wall that we all tend to hit at some point during the day. comes in easy to take in one and a half ounce packages, put it in your briefcase, your work bag, your pocket, and it's a five hour energy boost without the same crash feeling that comes from leading alternatives like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. comes in three delicious flavors. My favorite is peanut butter honey, collagen protein that is fast absorbing so it gets into your system, also easy on the stomach, loaded with a lot of good stuff to ignite your workday like beta alanine, B3, a kick of caffeine, promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health, it literally makes you look and feel better. If you go to BuiltGo.com, use promo code LOCKED to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Now, kind of along the same lines as Mary's question, I have a question here from Paul at Pucktistic, who asks, you can take any player from any roster in the NHL, but you have to trade one of Bergeron, Marchand, or Pasternak, one for one, to do it. Who do you make that trade for and why? Now, I'd be very reluctant to trade Marchand and Pasternak, and all certainly Bergeron as well. The Athletic the other day listed the top contracts in the NHL at the moment, Pasternak and Marchand, one, two. So it would take a lot to deal their contracts and try to get fair value in return. Bergeron's getting up there a bit, 
Uh, I'd be very reluctant to trade him still just because he's probably the next captain and he should be a Bruin for life. Now, I was faced with this conundrum in my keeper league, uh, fantasy keeper league, where I was only allowed to keep uh, you're only allowed to keep players for four seasons, and my eligibility for bro, both, both had expired. So I was tasked with trying to get some value for Pasternak and Marchand without um, losing them for nothing in the draft, having to drop them back into the draft. For Pasternak, I was trying to acquire a high-end center because this league counts face-offs. Centers are pretty valuable. Nobody really bit at trying to trade for Dreisaitl or Austin Matthews. I ended up trading Pasternak one for one for Artemi Panarin. Uh, and I think that's pretty fair value. That would might be one guy that I would trade Pasternak for at the moment, although the list would be extremely small. When it came to Marchand, he is a bit older. Um, not... I wouldn't say on the downside, but he's still a very high-end left winger for the Boston Bruins. Uh, top five winger in the league, probably top two left winger, I'd say, uh, if you count Ovechkin still up there. I ended up trading him for Anzi Kopitar, actually. I didn't quite get the value I was looking for from him. A lot of people were reluctant to trade for a 32-year-old in a keeper league although I still think he's got some good years ahead of him. Not sure if I came out on top in that one, but uh, that's what I ended up having to do. Uh, so I traded, to recap, Pasternak and Marchand for Panarin and Kopitar. Again, face-offs count really high in this league, so we'll see if that, if that pans out. But uh, I am pretty stacked on that team either way. Um, so I guess my final answer to that question is um, I would... Probably, if I had to trade Pasternak for Panarin, although against the cap, Pasternak provides just amazing value, and he will for the next couple of years. Next question from Mayor again. What would your retro jersey design look like if you were making the decision? Great question. I think I've talked about this before. I mentioned earlier that my favorite jersey is the 90s version. I would have gone with a white base, but flip the Meth Bear logo with the primary logo. So put the, the B spoke to be on the shoulders, have the yellow bear as the uh, primary logo on the chest. I think that'd be pretty cool on a white or even black jersey. But I know we've done the black before, so maybe the white would have been a bit better. Uh, nothing too radical, of course, but... You know, that's just the way I think I would have done it. Um, I really love the gold-based spoked B better than the black one. So put that on the shoulders, meth bear on the front. Boom. We got it done. Final question comes again from Mayor. She asks, what 90s song would you choose as the Bruins goal song? I grew up in Ottawa, as we all know, went to Senators games. They used to use uh, Woohoo by Blur, which actually was a pretty cool goal song back in the day. Was that an, yeah, that must have been a 90s song, right? Blur, 90s, Woohoo. Yes, 1997, that song came out. So that would have been late high school for me. I don't know. It's uh, really tough to say because I do love um, the 90s and its music. 
probably my favorite song from the 90s is Semi-Charmed Kind of Life. Does that fit as a goal song? Not really sure, but it's one that I would perhaps pick as a, a great ditty. If you want to go more celebratory, maybe you go with the Venga Boys. We like to party. Everybody, Backstreet's back. Ooh, that'd be nice. Um, what else? Maybe a little This Is How We Do It by Montel Jordan. So many choices, but uh, those are just a few of the ones that I would pick. Thanks so much to Mayor and Paul for sending in those questions. As always, on Wednesdays, we will do another one next week. So if you have any questions during the week, just send them to at ENC McLaren or at LO underscore Boston Bruins. To wrap up, there's quite a bit of news when it comes to NHL's return to play plan for next season. Commissioner Gary Bettman says the league is exploring temporary hub cities, temporary divisional realignment, and a reduced schedule for staging next season amid the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. That would likely include a Canadian division because of issues with the border. Uh, And while cases are growing up in Canada and there are some problem spots like Toronto, Winnipeg, Alberta, um, it would make sense to kind of decrease that cross-border as much as possible with uh, cases in the States still being quite a bit higher than up here in Canada. He said, this being Gary Bettman, that you won't ask the players to return to strict quarantine bubble, similar to what we saw in the playoffs. It'd be a system where teams will play for 10 to 12 days in these hub cities without traveling, followed by returning home to their families for a week. There'd be testing protocols and other things in place. While uh, it won't be as effective as a bubble, it's still going to help minimize the risks as much as possible. Sorry, I was interrupted there by a phone call from uh, my wife. Now, uh, apparently, Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly has sent a memo to all 31 teams stating the league believes progress towards finalizing a recommendation for the 2021 season to the Board of Governors is being made. That could be completed by Thursday. And the objective is to start on January 1st with the regular season concluding in late April. So we'd probably be talking about a 48 to 56 game schedule with a Stanley Cup champion being crowned before the summer and hopefully returning to a normal 42 game schedule uh, for 2021-2022. Elliot Freeman of Sportsnet jumping on that reports the NHL hopes to award the cup no later than July 15th. Different sources are citing different schedule lengths from 56 to maybe 72 games, depending on when the season begins. Growing push for teams to play in their own buildings. One reason is the naming rights. With fewer events, sponsorship deals could be affected. Um, One of the other possible contention points is salaries for next season. If the players agree to accept 72% of their gross pay, The owners feel they should be prorated if a significant decline in attendance creates losses higher than 20%. So a lot of moving factors here, but it looks like we can expect some sort of announcement for a plan for next season within the coming days. 
looking ahead to uh, next off season, the score, my old colleague Sean O'Leary previewed the 2021 unrestricted free agent class. Notable players up front include Alexander Ovechkin, Ryan Getzlaff, Taylor Hall, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, uh, Gabriel Landeskog, and of course our own David Krejci, who will be an unrestricted free agent at the end of next offseason. You'd expect Ovechkin to resign with the Caps. Do the Ducks want to rebuild? Uh, who knows? But there certainly will be a bunch of forwards available, and I could see the Bruins once again targeting Taylor Hall on the open market. Defenseman-wise, we're going to have Dougie Hamilton, David Savard, Adam Larson, Alec Martinez, a bit of a weaker market than we saw this year, highlighted by Krug and Pietrangelo. Uh, how great would it be to see the Bruins target Dougie Hamilton? I don't think that's going to happen, and you should probably expect him to remain in Carolina. In net, of course, there's Tuka Rask, Frederick Anderson, Jordan Binnington, and Philip Grubauer. Uh, Rask hopefully will be resigned on a uh, maybe a short-term deal. Uh, be, it'd be great to see him finish his uh, career with the Bruins. Now, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Looking forward to seeing what the actual jersey looks like. I uh, hope you're all doing well, taking care of yourselves. I have been uh, watching, yeah, continuing through Sons of Anarchy, trying to finish The Good Place, Somehow I Met Your Mother, uh, and Lauren and I also started watching Justified, which was another Mayor uh, recommendation. So Mayor playing a big part in today's podcast. Um, really enjoying that so far. Timothy Oliphant and Walton Goggins with some pretty epic performances there. Anyways, I hope you all have a great Wednesday. Take some time today to, uh, yeah, just remember those who who served and fought for our countries. And um, again, happy birthday to my mom. And we'll be back on Friday with another episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Please do subscribe, rate and review if you haven't already, and do have a good rest of your Wednesday. Take care, friends.